Welcome to the Hockey Writers Prospect Corner, a show with our top prospects writing crew, bringing you the latest news, analysis, scouting reports, mocks, rankings, and much more. From the world juniors to the NHL draft floor, from the farm to the NHL, our team covers everything that happens in the world of prospects. So sit back, grab a notebook, and get ready for Prospect Corner. Prospect Corner. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Prospect Corner presented by the Hockey Raiders. Today, we're going to be looking at Peter's latest draft draft rankings, the top 64. Uh, he had a top 32 out a long time ago, actually, now. Um, <laughs> but he just put one out, uh, what was it, a week ago? A week today, yes. Out. Yeah, so there we go, a week ago. Um, but I hope you guys have checked that out, but we're going to go through that. And I am your host, Matthew Zator. And as always, I am joined in by Peter Barracchini and Dayton Reimer. Also got a new panelist, Tyson McKay. Uh, welcome, Tyson. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Thanks for having me. It's nice to uh, nice to be on here, talk some prospects. Yeah, for sure. You're going to be at the top prospects game uh, coming up this week. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in the second half of the show. Um, but Dayton, how's it going? Well, it's not too bad. Yeah, had a kind of a quiet day. So not uh, nothing to complain about. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and uh, finally, Peter, how's it going? <laughs> yeah doing great um i know we were talking about prospects but i actually have something to look forward to with the maple Leafs actually winning a game and not blowing a multi-goal lead so things are looking great on my end <laughs> well i just had the canucks beat the maple Leafs, so that that was a that was a good game okay yeah <laughs> that, that was a playoff like game I, I i'm gonna say that right now yeah uh well hopefully oh, it'd be pretty cool to have a all canadian uh Stanley cup final I'd, that'd be pretty awesome um, could happen, could happen. Uh, we'll see, but, uh, let's get back to prospects and, uh, let's talk about your draft rankings, uh, Peter. And, uh, like you say, it's been a while, it's been expanded to a top 64 now. Um, so quickly go th- over your top five for us here. Yeah. My top five is no surprise. Macklin Celebrini, uh, number one from Boston university. And this is where things get a little interesting Two, I have Sam Dickinson from the London Knights. Three, Caden Lindstrom from the Medicine Hat Tigers. Ivan Demidov from uh, SKA St. Petersburg, uh, going back and forth between KHL, MHL. Uh, but MHL team is SKA 1946 St. Petersburg. I'm not going to be too long-winded about that. <laughs> and five, uh, Berkeley Canton uh, from the Spokane Chiefs. It's a solid top five. I, that's a big change because Cole Eisman was your number two in the he top was. 32. Uh, he has dropped. He is not in your top five to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start with you, Tyson. Uh, looking at this top five, uh, what do you think about it? Changes from the last one. Is this what you'd be kind of expecting for a top five? Um, I think it's pretty solid, actually. Uh, I think I agree with with some of the movement there a lot more than than I, uh, some other people would. Um, there's... One name probably that that I would have included up in the top five, um, and that is uh, Lashunov. We'll probably talk about him a little bit later on at some point, I'm sure. But um, overall, pretty solid. Yeah, I think um, I think I'm right there with with Eiserman dropping a little bit. I know he's still a lot of people's you know solid number two or, or definitely in their top five. But um, yeah, he's. Uh, He's a polarizing player to me, and uh, I'm I'm on the negative side of that that polarizing. 
for most people seem to seem to be in love with him for for you know his shot and stuff like that but um i think i think the top five that that peter's put together is uh a lot a lot more solid a lot more um upside to a lot of those players more more well-rounded than than some of the other players that you know some people like to take uh take shots at and uh yeah, I think I think it's it's hard to argue with the top five that's got that kind of skill in it. It's it's pretty solid. All right, Dayton, what do you think about this top five? I mostly agree with Tyson there. Um, it's a it's a really solid five. I'm surprised at Dickinson in second, but after talking with you last week, uh, less surprised. Uh, <laughs> he's he's a great defender. I don't know if he'd be my top one, but I think. It's a, it's split in hairs when you're talking the top defender, I think, in this draft. So, yeah, cool. Um, I really like that Lindstrom is third. Uh, <clears throat> being a guy who grew up in Medicine Hat, I'm always excited to see Tigers uh, take over the top of the draft. And he's really been climbing up everyone's list, which has been really nice to see. So maybe he can keep climbing. I don't know if he'll get much higher than that. But but yeah, third, that'd be that'd be super cool. <laughs> yeah, he'd he'd have to take over one or two. I don't know if that's happening. I don't think Celebrini's getting dethroned. Um, we talked about him last episode about if he's the number for number one. Well, for Peter, he is, and for a lot of people, he still is. Uh, I like the top five too. I, I Dickinson, like we said in the last episode, he's he's much better than I think a more well-rounded defender than a lot of the other guys. Uh, some of them are more offensive, some more defense. But he's both. He can do do everything. Too bad he wasn't a right-hand shot because I think he'd be the full package then of uh, of one of those. But uh, left-hander doesn't really – I mean, he's still going to be a really good defenseman. It doesn't matter if he's – there's still quite a few good right-handers down the line in this uh, draft too. So, yeah, solid top five. I, I like Caden Lindstrom up that high as well. So, um, we'll see if he goes higher. I don't know if he will. <laughs> we'll see. It's, it's a – it, only mostly wishful thinking. I don't yeah. think I don't think he'll go third. Um Bob McKenzie just put out his list. I believe that was today. Yes. Um and he is also pretty high on, on Lindstrom, but I, I don't think that's uh that's gonna stay. <laughs> I hope it does, but yeah. Well he's been impressive. I I yeah. think he, he's definitely worthy of being in that top three on the third spot there. All right, Peter, uh, round us round us off your top 10 here. So this one was a little difficult, even more so than the top five. Um, at six, currently it's uh, Konsa Hellenius. He looked really good at the World Juniors. Um, seven is Anton Soyaev, uh, who's just been rising up the charts as an unknown defender at the beginning of the season, and he's currently a top 10 prospect right now. Ziv Boyum is another player that I really liked at eight. Uh just dominating the collegiate scene for University of Denver right now. Colt Iserman at number nine. This is where the discussion will get in as to where he's going to be. And at number 10 is Michael Bransig Nygaard from Laura of the Hockey El Svenskin. Yeah, right off the bat, I like Bransig Nygaard at 10. Uh, he's going to end up being one of those, I think, a versatile guy that can go up into your top six. He can play in the bottom six. I, I love players like that, that that you can just throw around and be a Swiss Army knife type player. 
Uh, there's a few guys in the NHL right now that I really are impressed with. And I think he's going to end up being one of those. I, I want to say like a Sam Lafferty type player where he can go all over the place and and score goals and still playing the bottom six and be, uh, be a standout player too. All right. Uh, I'll start with you, Dayton. Now, what do you think of this rest of this top 10 Peters here? Yeah, no, I think it's pretty good. Uh, again, not a lot to say. I agree with, I think everything I th- I'm a little higher on uh, Iserman than uh, you you are, I think. Um, is, I don't know. I can't ignore how good of a goal scorer he is. Like, that's a kid who just knows how to put the puck in the net. And yes, there are problems with the rest of his game. But I would argue that those can be coached. And mm-hmm. a couple of years in, in collegiate system in the NCAA, that should be sort of, you know, uh, kind of fixed. I would assume if it's not, then yeah, then, then you got bigger problems. But to me, he's a bit closer to the top five still. We'll, we'll see how the rest of the season goes, but yeah, the rest of them. Fantastic. Branson Nygaard. He's <laughs> really interesting. Uh, Saleev, also an interesting guy. Hellenius. Yeah. I think he's a, he's a top 10 guy, maybe not top five. So. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Tyson, what do you think of uh, the rest of this top 10? Pretty solid, yeah. I'm I'm with you guys. I love to see Branseg Nygaard up in that top ten. A little uh, Norwegian action. I think yes. he's easily primed to become the highest ever drafted Norwegian player. Which fantastic to see players coming from different different areas. I don't know if he goes in the top ten. Um, I think he definitely has a skill too. Um, but I think for me, yeah, the only guy missing in that top ten is Lashunov, and um, he's. He's one of those players that I, I've seen a lot of people that are that are really high on him, and I've seen some people that are that are a little bit lower on him. Um, but but for me, there's there's really probably four defensemen, maybe five defensemen in this draft that are, you know, you're just kind of splitting hairs on which ones, you know, it's it's what style of defense you like to see um, is is where you you order those five. And and for me, Lashunov is a little bit higher. Um, I think I'm. I think I'm completely opposite of Dayton on Iserman. I, I, I. He's a great goal scorer, but I just I'm not much of a risk taker. And and I think you're taking a pretty big risk if you if you take Iserman. The reward is is massive there. If he turns out he's you know you're talking like he's probably going to be able to score like Matthews or, or Patrick Kane or or one of those you know maybe more along the Pat, Patrick Kane line where he doesn't do a whole lot else except score. Um, but great player. Um, there's definitely skill there. I just, yeah, not a risk taker. So I'd probably go with some safer options before, before I went for Iserman, but I can definitely see why, why a lot of people are super high on them. The, the skill is fantastic. I put in the puck on the net, which at the end of the day, that's what you really need. So, um, yeah, overall solid top 10. Yeah. One thing about Iserman, like we said, uh, we've said on the show before is that he is one dimensional right now. And that's, I I think he can probably round that out, but right now he's he's got to figure out other ways to score without just his shot. And that uh, I mean, you can get by with it, but to be a full, really dangerous top line player, you can't be because you can people can take away your shot. I mean, it's he he's just got to figure that out. But he's he's young; he'll be able to do it. All right, well, let's talk about some risers. I mean, we already have a few that are obvious risers. Peter, uh, what guy has risen the most for you from your last rankings here? 
Uh, as much as I want to, like, you know, talk about Caden Lindstrom, um, you know, he was 19th for me in my preseason rankings, number three right now. Seems like too easy just because he just plays such a dominant game and he's such a, I, I'm going to say this, he's a bully on the ice with his size and his ability to get to the middle of the ice with a shot. Playmaking is underrated, but I'm going to talk about Zeev Boyum. Um, you know, I had him ranked 30th at the beginning of the season. I mean, you could call it recent. I, I'm not even going to call it recency bias. You see it in his game with his mobility, his smarts, his ability, knowing when to shoot and the smart reads when he has a pop, the ability to walk the line. It's on full display in the NCAA level. We got a good taste of it. Um, if you don't watch a lot of college hockey at the World Juniors, he was very smart in that regard, and he was very relied upon heavily for Team USA. You know, I it, it's it's been you know a really great season and a great story for him to shoot up that high, um, to get into my top ten. Um, there's obviously you're going to see some flaws. Maybe he does take a little bit of too many risks. Maybe he does get a little bit overzealous with the puck, but he doesn't put himself in a bad spot often, or even his teammates in a bad spot. He's very smart with his decision-making. And that's a big reason why he moves up as far as high as he did from 30 all the way up into my top 10. Yeah. That's a massive jump. I mean, he, he had a, such a great world juniors and that's like you said, not the only reason he, he rose, but it is one of them. Uh, he, he was like in the gold medal game. I was really solid for a for a draft eligible to be in that type of a pressure packed uh, situation and be really good. Uh, that's big for me. That very mature uh, defender. So yeah, he definitely is worthy of being uh, rising up that much in my mind as well. All right, Tad Tyson, uh, who do you see on this list that is uh, as a big riser for you um, from Peter's list here? Uh, I, I will take the opportunity to talk about Caden Lindstrom just because <laughs> um, I love watching him. He's he's one of those rare guys that he's got he's got size, he's he's got speed, he's got skill. He's um, one of those players that you know you just like you can you can see every NHL GM like just kind of start to drool a little bit when they start <laughs> thinking about him just because you know he's going to he's going to be an impact player in the NHL. You're talking he's like. Six four, over two hundred and fifteen pounds, I think now, and and he's got he's got the skills of someone that that just should not be that size. <laughs> he's he's got uh, amazing shot, great with the puck, um, great on the boards. Defensive side is solid there. Some little bit coaching, some areas where, where he could probably use some some stuff. But I mean, for a seventeen year old, he is yeah modern day power forward is is great way i've seen him described and and he seems like he's going to be every bit of it so i can see where where at the beginning of the season people were were a little bit more hesitant to put him up there but but his play this season has been he deserves every every ranking that that he's in that top five so yeah <laughs> yeah well, we love Caden Lindstrom on the show <laughs> i think we it was one of our first guys we mentioned we started talking about this draft yep. so uh, definitely back to last year yes yeah that's right that's right we did mention him last last uh season as well so yeah he, he's been on our on our minds for quite quite a while all right Dayton uh who do you got as a riser that you kind of want to uh, point out here one name that keeps jumping out to me on all of the rankings that I look at is Liam Greentree and on your preseason top 32 he was 29th he is, where is it here? 
he jumped up quite a bit anyways. He's 17. Yeah. 17. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's a pretty decent rise. Um yeah, he's been pretty good with the Windsor Spitfires, already the captain as an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, he has 57 points in 39 games, 24 of those are goals. And on a pretty decent Spitfires team, I think. I'm I'm not in the OHL, so I'm not as up to date on that. Um yeah, I mean he's a leading scorer, leading uh goal scorer points. That's that's a kid that I'm gonna keep my eye on as as we keep going forward because he's he's steadily crept up and very few people seem to be talking about him. So I like that he is jumping up on your list. Yeah, it's over ten spots there, so um, that's a pretty big jump for sure. I, you know, the one thing I I want to I want to I was going to point out Ziv Buyam as well because I saw that was a massive jump <laughs> uh, for a guy that uh, was. Pre- close to the second round in your first rankings there. Yeah. And now he's in the top 10. So that that's a massive uh, thing. And the thing is, he's an NCAA uh, too. And that for, for a teenager to be in, in the NCAA now before his draft is, is big for me and, and actually playing well. Um, and then we already mentioned the world juniors because he, he just seems like a very, maybe a little ahead of himself for, for development already. And for a defenseman, that's that's big because we all know how how much more time it takes for defend defensemen to develop. So he may be a pretty quick, depending on you know if, if he stays in the university for his full time, which he may. So we'll see. Okay, the other side, and we we have to talk about fallers because there were a few. We've already talked about Eiserman. That's a that's a not a really massive one. He did fall out of the top five, but. Um, Dayton, who do you see as a big faller on this list here? Uh, Henry Muse is really dropping on everyone's lists, it seems. Uh, Peter, you're no different. I don't remember seeing him in your first round. Um, unless he was in my top 10, actually. Is he in your top 10? In the preseason, my preseason rankings, he was in my top 10. Yes. That's what I'm referring to. Yeah. He's seventh in your, in your preseason. Um, and then in the, one right now he is 34th (laughs) so once again um i'm not super up on the ohl guys i've i've been doing my after last week we talked about um european guys and i said i didn't know a lot of the names i did my homework uh but still need to do my ohl homework (laughs) um like he has everything that you would want. He's over almost a point per game in uh, in Ottawa. He is a right shot, um, but there's just been too many other defensemen who really passed him by. Mm. And I don't know if I would have dropped him that much, but he's he's falling all over the place. So mm-hmm. there's, yeah, that's that's an interesting drop. Yeah, it, it, falling from the first round, uh, yeah. high in the first round, uh, to into the early second round, that is a pretty big uh, drop-off. But it could also be there's also some other guys, and they fall because other guys rise. I mean, <laughs> that's just how it goes, right? So guys that has just natural. Um, but, yeah, that's a pretty big jump uh, drop. All right, uh, Tyson, who do you want to highlight as a faller in this list here? Um. One player that that coming into the season I, I was looking at as potential top ten was was Beckett Senek. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's 
you know, looked like one of those players that had a, had a massive first year in the OHL. He looked like he was potentially going to take off and, and be a top 10 pick. And he, he hasn't fallen too far for a lot of people. He's kind of, you know, still in that late first round. But I think just compared to um, what what the original thought was heading into this season, he seems like he's he's kind of leveled out a little bit. He hasn't he hasn't continued that same that same exponential growth that I think everyone kind of hoped that he would. Um, he seemed like he had, you know, some, some really good skill to go along with. Like he had some size too, right? He, he's, he's, I think six, two around that one eighty mark. He shot right shot. Yep. Yeah. He, he got some good size to go along with his skill and, and he just really hasn't put it to use and and you know maybe it's just a situation where he shot up super quick and he hasn't really figured out how to how to put that into use yet but um yeah someone that i thought was was had destined for for top 10 and now looks like he'll probably go somewhere later in the first round yeah that's that's i know we've talked about seneca before as well and that is i mean he'll probably still be a first rounder i think but uh, we'll see how far in the first round. My one is Cole Hudson. And I, from 17 in your, in your pre one and the last ones to 57th uh, mm-hmm. around where, where his brother went, uh, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he falls uh, into that because again, size uh, and we all know what, what Lane Hudson's doing right now. I think Cole Hudson could end up being that too, getting drafted later, but ending up being a really solid prospect. So, but seeing that big of a drop off from the, from the mid first round all the way to the second round and not even the early second round, this is like towards the middle of the second round. Um, maybe is, yeah, I, it, I get it why he's dropped because he has kind of fallen off his offensive production, but um I don't like him being in the second round. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a pretty big drop off there. Okay. uh, Let's move on to these are be some quick fire ones. I Peter, I'll start with you. Uh, Who needs to increase their stock the most before their next, the next rankings who needs to kind of step it up uh, to get noticed a bit more. Um. Before I get into it, I just want to give a quick uh, thought, thought uh, reasoning why Seneca and Muse dropped. Muse, it was because there are some games where he's like one of the best defenders out there and other games where he's not. So the game to game consistency for Muse is why he's dropped. Seneca, yeah, the size, he, he shot up, but at the same time, he really hasn't quite put that together. And there are games where he's not using his size to his advantage. Would like to see a little bit more about that, despite me being a big fan of his. Um <laughs> I am going to say Henry Muse is a guy that needs to increase his stock a little bit more because he does have said potential. He does have the puck mobility. He was fantastic at the Helmick Gretzky Cup, but that's why you don't base it off of just one, you know, junior tournament or one major tournament. That's why we have a full season of this. Um, and yeah. there are times <laughs> where at the beginning of the season, Muse is starting to look like that, but then he kind of tailed off. So if he's able to have that game to game consistency where he's not, you know, second guessing himself, not being as uh, you know, dynamic or very effective with his puck mobility um, as he is compared to other games. I think he would definitely still be in that first round consideration. He definitely has a size. 
um, the smarts and the offensive game. It's just now he just needs to package it and get that consistency a little bit better. Yeah, we'll see what he does. I mean, between rankings, uh, we already see missed different jumps. I'm sure we're going to see it again. All right, Dayton, who, who do you who do you think uh, needs to kind of step it up before the next rankings here? I don't know if mine is going to be a bit of a hot take here, but I've uh, I've mentioned him before, and in what I've seen of him, I am disappointed, and I don't get why I, everyone's so high on him. Carter Yakumchuk. So I like Peter where you put him. You put him twenty fifth on your latest list. He was twenty one on your on your first uh, top thirty two. He's somebody who like yeah he puts up the points, but where's the defense? He's a defenseman. He needs to be more important for a very young Calgary Hitman team. And I think he could really start to drop if he doesn't really round out his game for the rest of this year. Um, yeah. He's got the size. I think he's a right-handed shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So like he has the right things, but does he have the right talent? Mm. If, if that makes sense. Um, kind of going back to an, an earlier thing we mentioned um, with Iserman, I would totally take that risk. He's a great goal scorer and you can build up the rest because he's a forward. Yeah. A forward is somebody who sometimes they're a little bit more one dimensional. Um, and if you have a defenseman who's one dimensional, you want it to be on the defensive side. <laughs> you can only have so many Eric Carlson's, right? Someone who really is good at, you know, moving the play forward and putting the puck in the net. Cool you need to be able to get back too. Um, and so that is somebody I'm keeping my eye on. I I want him to be a top guy being out West here. I'm always rooting for the Western kids, but I just, I don't see it yet. And I, I hope I do. I'm of the opposite. I take the high end offensive guy because you can teach the defense, at least in my mind that, because like Quinn Hughes, draft him because he's great offensively he can develop that defensive game he has um i mean i get where you're coming from too because you can't all be offense you've got to be able to learn the defense sometimes some of these guys don't know how to even learn the defense that's the problem um but yeah you'd have to he definitely does have to kind of round that out and finally tyson uh who you got as someone that needs to kind of step it up here um i've got someone a little later half the first round um I'm going with Maxime Messi from the QMJHL. He seems to be everyone's top prospect coming out of the QMJHL. And uh, I've, I've watched quite a few of his games now, um, being over in the Q area myself. And I just, I think his skating is holding him back drastically. He is, you know, not to, not to rip on the kid, but he, he's a really poor skater. He's, he's well under NHL average at this point. And, um, there's been a couple games now where I've watched him and, and I've been just disappointed with, with what is supposed to be a lot of people's, you know, top pick coming out of the queue. And I think if, if he is unable to, you know, kind of generate and, and think the game uh, a little bit better with, with his pace, I don't think he goes in the first round, um, which will be sad for the queue. I know there's a lot of people that, 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 think the Q is a little bit weaker than than the WHL and the OHL and 
unfortunately this season it kind of looks like it is especially whenever your top prospect is is kind of struggling to to maintain even that first round status so i i really hope he has he has some great areas to his game where you know he's um he can be super deadly and scoring points but there are also times where if if you're looking at a game that's the you know quick up and down back and forth kind of game he just kind of gets lost in that middle ground where he's not really able to get back in defense he's not really able to to cherry pick up in, in the offensive zone and and he just kind of ends up just looking foolish in the middle of the ice trying to get back and forth in time so um i think he needs to to step it up a little if he wants to stay up in that first round yeah, he's 29th on on Peter's latest rankings here. So just just at the end of the first round. So he could definitely drop into the second. Uh, wouldn't be bad. I, I think if a team can get him in the second round, that's pretty good. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think he, I mean, there's a lot of season left. So uh, we'll see how these guys do in the next half here. Okay, well, before we move on to the second half of the show, I... Just want to give you guys a chance to shout out anyone else you wanted in this uh, last in, on this list, the top 64. I'll start with you, Dayton. Uh, who else do you want to give some a shout out to uh, for everyone to kind of keep an eye on before the next rankings? Yeah, I mentioned him last time because I liked his name and then I did more research and I like more of his game. Uh, and that rhymed and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Melvin Fernstrom uh, from Sweden. He's got a lot of points, uh, I think second most goals in the junior 20 in Sweden and has started to make some appearances in the Swedish Hockey League. And so I'm really interested to see how he continues for the rest of the season. For sure. Yeah, keep an eye on him. Uh, Tyson, who do you got? Kind of everyone should keep an eye on. Um, I've been I've been calling for people to pay attention to Eric Smateko. He's an honorable mention on Peter's list, but I'm going to keep banging the drum for him. Um, 6'4", over 200 pounds. He's got a wicked shot, net front presence. Uh, I really like his game. I think some team is going to be really happy to get him probably in the third round if he falls here, but I think he should go in the second. I think he's got the skills there, and um, I see no reason why he shouldn't be in the second round. <laughs> yeah, we'll see where he is in the next one. And finally, Peter, uh, who do you want to kind of shout out on your rankings here that we haven't talked about yet? Um, see, I know we kind of talked about him last week or even before, but um, it, it's hard not to have him in here, or even potentially be a first rounder because he did make Bob McKenzie's first round. And that's Dean Latorno from St. Andrews College. Um, the sheer power and strength that this guy has is absolutely phenomenal with this shooting. The ability to just bully his way to the middle of the ice is absolutely phenomenal what he can do. Um, in my second round right now, but he's definitely a name that could even rise further up if he continues the, the way that he's playing right now. That's a good one. Uh, I want to mention a couple Edmonton Oil Kings, Adam Jekko and Cole Baudouin. Uh, they're 35-36. Are <laughs> not Cole. Um, Edmonton Oil Kings and Perry Colts. I, both guys that uh, Baudouin and Jekko, 35-36. They're, Jekko's been really good for the Oil Kings. I, I've, I've seen of different recaps of him and he's, his name keeps coming up. So uh, Jekko's one. Um, I thought Baudouin was on the same, but I'm between two teams that we cover the hockey writers here and I read and they're they kind of meshed together. But uh, yeah, Jekko's a one to kind of keep an eye on. He's in the second round or early second round in your rankings here. All right. Well, before we move on to our second half of the show, we're going to talk about top prospects game. 
and then the Calder race quickly. But uh, before we do that, we got to mention our Substack here at the Hockey Writers. We have recently expanded our content into the Substack uh, to every NHL team, as well as one to our NHL draft and prospects content. Uh, sign up to get all of our best prospect articles at multiple times per week, and that's run by Dayton. Uh, there's a bunch of fun stuff, just the free version. We also got the premium tier. as a few articles I know Dayton's put out already. Um, some articles, mailbags, interviews, bunch of different things kind of planned throughout our draft coverage. So check, take a look at that. We got a discount uh, coming out to 24% discount. I think it's up to like, I think it's February 3rd is it goes to, but uh, make sure you keep an eye out that for that too. So uh, lots of fun stuff with the Substack. Okay. Uh, well, let's talk quickly about the top prospects games. I know Tyson will be there covering it for the hockey writers and we will have him back on, of course, right after it to, to see reaction on it. I'll start with you, Tyson. Uh, I know a lot of the players, we may have mentioned them already, but uh, who are you kind of keeping an eye out in the top prospects game uh, for? Um, It's hard to pick some, right? Because they're, they're all so good. Uh, I mean, there's some, there's some really good, pair of teams that that they're going to be putting together at this game but um i think they i think they highlighted a couple with who they made captains and sam dickinson and and berkeley catton those are those are two players that are definitely going to keep an eye on um it's a couple goaltenders that i'm i'm super excited to to watch to see you know what kind of skills they've got carter george and and ryerson leanders i think are two goaltenders that are probably going to be uh, right up there uh, at any team that looking that's looking to take a goaltender, um, probably not first round, but um, you know in that second third round area, once once one team takes a goaltender, they usually tend to come off the list pretty quick. So um, we'll see how they can handle the the firepower that comes with the the pack teams. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how um, after the practices tomorrow or yeah on on Tuesday, whenever this comes out, it'll be well past i'm sure but uh we'll see where what the lines end up looking like um kind of see get a better feel for for what kind of uh kind of different um players get get put together and what kind of lines they end up looking like you know it's it's always interesting whenever you get all these different players from across the entire country and you stick them together give them maybe one practice one and a half practices and and then just put them on the ice and see what they can do so uh, it's always a fun time. Yeah, top prospects game was here in in my backyard last year in Langley. So uh, that was that was great. Um, now it's in where is it? Halifax or it's uh, Moncton. Moncton, Moncton, New Brunswick. Yeah, yeah, yeah New Brunswick. So uh, it's it's on the other side <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of the country, but uh, but yeah, it's always fun to watch that. Uh, Dayton, who are you kind of watching for at the top prospects game? Uh, I agree with Tyson. I think watching the goalies is going to be really interesting because there hasn't really been a top goalie prospect mm. that you could really point to. I know um, Peter listed Ryerson Leanders as his top guy, I think middle of the second round. Yeah. Um, and he's there, so definitely one to keep an eye on. But the other ones to see if they can sort of assert themselves as guys who are worthy of maybe first round consideration. I don't see it, but that's a good place to get that really close view of mm -hmm. what's going on. As for forwards, I'm going to be watching TJ Ginla. There's uh, a really interesting kid who keeps sneaking up the draft boards, uh, like a lot of these Western kids. Um, 
And last game he played, he put up a hat trick. So he's starting to starting to hit his rhythm here. Yeah. And I'm wondering if he could sneak into the top 10 by the end of the season, if he can keep this going. He's got a lot of really good skills that, you know, working to put them together. And if he can and showcase himself at that top prospects game, I think it's it's well within his possibility of getting there. Mm-hmm. A Kelowna rocket too. <laughs> Andrew Crystal's doing um, quite a bit. Uh, I don't know if they're playing on the same line, but um, <laughs> they're both putting up points right now. All right, then finally, Peter, uh, who you got tab to take a look at? Uh, who are you watching at the top prospects game? Yeah, uh, specifically, I mean, there are a couple names. Charlie Elick is one. Obviously, we know he's got a strong defensive game. I just want to see how well he could go up against, you know, among the best of the best of the top junior names in Canada. I want to see how well he could dominate and be, you know, very sound positionally, very strong structure, structural game, you know, being physical, being a guy that could block shots and get into the lanes. Um, You know, a lot of people may have him as a first rounder or early second depends on how you see or who you want in terms of that kind of player. But I think maybe, you know, the production is starting to get a little bit better, not great, but maybe there's some potential right there, but also two other names that, you know, kind of jumped up and came out of nowhere. And that's, um, Tarek Parasic and, uh, actually they're both on the same team, Tarek Parasic on team white and Luke Misa as well. Both of these mm-hmm. players had forward starts to their seasons. um, Misa being a playmaker, Parasic with his uh, goal-scoring abilities may not be dynamic compared to Misa, but Parasic is very great with his IQ and being in the right position at the right time. You want you, Scouts want to see that. I want to see if he's able to continue to do that at this game as well. And even Luke Misa with his speed, his playmaking. Um, I want to see if they can elevate their game a little bit more and actually catch the eyes and, and show that they are worthy of being, you know, top names and not... Just, you know, yeah, possible first rounders, but actual first rounders, because a lot of people do see them as that. Yeah, the top prospects game is always one to kind of help increase your stock because uh, oh, so many scouts are there uh, and they're they're all watching it. So, um, yeah, definitely a good time to do that. Unfortunately, we won't see the projected first overall pick there because Michael Celebrini is playing the NCAA. Uh, we saw Connor Bedard last season because he was playing the dub. So. Uh, <laughs> this year we won't see the first overall pick, unfortunately. So, um, but still fun to watch. Okay. Uh, let's move to away from the junior leagues back to the NHL. Cause we always got to talk about the Calder race. Uh, it's got a little bit more interesting. Uh, Connor Bedard's hurt right now with a broken jaw, um, still out of the lineup. So, so given an opportunity to some of the other rookies to kind of maybe catch up to him. Uh, I'll start with you, Dayton. Is he still the favorite for the Calder Trophy, even though he's not playing? I know he's still leading in points, uh, but uh, is he still the favorite for the Calder right now? I think if the vote happens today, then yes, he's winning it. Um, but if it happens within a week, I don't think his grip is that close or that that secure on it anymore. He's got competition. There's a lot of really good rookies that have sort of been maybe not swept under the rug, but a little bit overshadowed by Bedard's great season. He's always been the favorite, and had he not got injured, then he would remain the favorite, and now he's going to have competition. Uh, to me, it's like the McDavid uh, mm-hmm. rookie year. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he missed most of the season, I believe. It's yeah. that's already a long time ago. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember that. Um, but an amazing start, great points per game. Didn't win rookie of the year because he just didn't have the games played. Mm-hmm. I could see that happening if Bedard is out for a long time and with a broken jaw, I could see him being out for a while. Yeah, and it's tough to rehab it too. So, uh, Tyson, what do you think? Is he still the favorite right now, or is, is his hold kind of being a little bit not as gr- as uh, strong right now? That's a loaded question to ask someone that covers the Minnesota Wild. That's uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, There's one guy we'll talk. I'm sure you're going to mention him <laughs> in the next. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Bedard, yeah, I mean. He's he's a generational talent, right? There's it, it's hard to say that what he's done to this point will not get him the Calder Trophy. But um, Brock Faber is yeah. <laughs> absolutely blowing everybody's expectations of him out of the water, and he has gone from looking like you know a, a solid you know, second line defender to all of a sudden he's looking like the Minnesota Wilds future number one defenseman for a long time. He's, he's not only killing it in the defensive zone, which is extremely difficult to do for, for a rookie defenseman to come in and he played zero games basically in the AHL. I don't think he even played a game in the AHL. He came right in um, after, after his season ended in college, jumped right into the NHL and started defending like he was, you know, a 10 year veteran. Um, and now he's putting the points up as well. He's currently on pace for 50 points in his, his rookie season, which, which puts him right up there with, with guys like Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes, and, um, you know, some, some of the bigger names that, that just, he, he really shouldn't be up there with them based on, based on all the projections when he was younger. But, um, I don't I don't think that he has what it takes to overcome Bedard uh, just because a lot of people don't put as much stock into into defensemen when it comes to stuff like that. Right. They like to see the points. They like to see the goals um, and and they like to see some some flash and skill. And, and that's Bedard. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and he deserves it. But um, I think it is more exciting for Wild fans to even see that Faber is making a push and being mentioned as, you know, having the potential to, to take votes away from Bedard. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a fantastic thing to, to accomplish whenever, whenever you're talking about someone like Bedard. So yeah, fantastic <laughs> to see. Yeah. Faber's always been one of my favorites. I, I've, I've mentioned it multiple times that whenever I had trade things with the LA Kings, I was like, Brock Faber has to be in the deal. Um, ended up being traded to the Minnesota Wild, but uh, at the time when they were talking about he could be traded, I always had him in packages with him coming back to the Canucks. So, <laughs> unfortunately, it happened. Um, all right, Peter, what do you think? Uh, is Bedard still the favorite, and who are you kind of eyeing that could potentially push him? I uh, with the injury here. Yeah, I. He is definitely still the favorite, and even as the season progresses, like in the next weeks leading up to his possible return. I, I think he may still be the favorite. I think whoever's going to be voting, is going to make the same mistake as with McDavid because of what Bedard was able to accomplish this season alone on the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, he was already voted as an all-star. Unfortunately, he can't go to the all-star mm-hmm. game, but 
he was legit their top player game in game out um you know uh if if you look at his production 33 points 0.85 points per game power play even strength production it's there um if you look at minus 22 don't ignore that because it's just (laughs) out the window um if you use that to your to your uh, argument against them, I I just don't know what to say. But um, <laughs> yeah, I I think that because of his dynamicism, what he's able to accomplish, and if he comes back, I think he's still probably going to get some games in to still show that you know he he hasn't gone away. Like he's mm-hmm. still going to make a name for himself. But yeah, I, I I can't see him not winning the award. It would probably I would not necessarily be surprised, but I could understand why. But I think he's still my favorite regardless. Um, as for other names too, I mean, Tyson, Tyson nailed it on the head with Brock Faber. I mean, Mm -hmm. almost 25 minutes a game. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's absolutely insane what he's able to accomplish. And we're not even also overshadowing the fact that Marco Rossi, um, like Faber has tied Rossi in the same amount of games played in points of 27. Then there's Adam (laughs) Fantilli and then there's Luke Hughes and the list goes on and on. It's like, damn, this is a very impressive class, but. You know, if the game's played factor is going to come into it, Faber's healthy, Rossi's healthy, Fantilli's healthy, Hughes is healthy. Those are going to be the big names that are going to be pushing him and getting closer and sort of like, uh, what's, what's the kind of phrase I'm looking for? You know, the le- the the gap is closing very, very yeah. slowly. Very slowly because that's how big of a lead Bedard still has with this call the trophy race but they could still overtake them there's that possibility but yeah yeah um it's still bedards um i think it's still bedards but the competition is creeping up very slowly yeah Yeah, i mean we already said how impressive this class is um it is not as sure of a thing as it was before Mm -hmm. i think that's what we're gonna say (laughs) um dayton did you want to mention anyone else i for rookies, or is it Faber? I mean, there's a lot of guys you could mention. Um, too bad Ridley Gregg, because he he mm-hmm. had a good start. Just yeah. again, injuries with him too. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I ever would have picked Greg to be a Calder candidate. Um, like he's he's a fantastic player and he's having a great season when he's when he's with the senators, and that's that's great. He's not a top three guy no. in Calder <laughs> voting for me. Um, you guys mentioned all the ones that I would have. Uh, I'll just kind of point at Luke Hughes who leads all defensemen in goals, mm-hmm. at least rookie defensemen. Um, and I was curious what the voting was like in 2015, 16. So just to refresh everyone's memory, McDavid finished third in voting <laughs> despite having 48 points in, I think it was 45 games. So he was over a point per game. Um, but he was uh, beat by Shane Gostaspare, who came in second, who had 46 points. So I think the magic number for defensemen is getting close to that 50. Yeah. If Faber can get that 50 points and Bedard sinks, you know, or at least not sinks, uh, doesn't play for most of the rest of the season, I think he can usurp him pretty easily. Same with Luke Hughes, who is very close with uh, scoring to Faber. Um yeah, they're separated by four, three points. Hmm. Luke Hughes has 24, Faber has 27. Um, the only thing is Luke Hughes has eight goals, which is yeah. 
maybe a little bit more impressive if you're looking at, you know, who's going to be the Calder Trophy. I think Faber is the more impressive defenseman this year. But yeah, I wouldn't count out Luke Hughes. He's doing doing some great things with the Devils team who hasn't always looked great. Yeah. Yeah, they, there's it's just a lot. Like Adam Fantilli could end up being. I mean, all these guys are going to get votes. I mean, I'm sure. Um, but uh, we'll see who ends up being the winner. I think it's still Bedard's too. Um, yeah. But he just had such a great big lead. But I could definitely see a guy like Faber creeping up on him and getting. Um, definitely, this is going to be a finalist uh, for the for the trophy. I think if if he keeps going on like this, so. Um, very impressive rookie class, and we'll see what the rest of them can do for the rest of the season. Okay, well, let's uh, finish our show with our prospect of the week, as we always do. And I'll start uh, with you, Tyson. Uh, who's your prospect of the week? Um, I'm going with a Minnesota Wild prospect, as I you know follow them a little bit more closely than the rest. But uh, Danila Yurov, specifically over in the KHL, has been fantastic recently. Um, he was a point per game over this last week. He's five points in five games. But even more importantly, he uh, he got in a fight, which was fantastic to see. It was uh, uh, not something that you usually see from him. But um, he got, uh, yeah, 10, 5, and a 2 for uh, for. Uh, standing up for one of his teammates, which is always something that you love to see, but uh, four goals to go along with it, yeah, that that makes him top for for me. Yeah, that's Yurov uh, was a, I think a sneaky pick for the Minnesota Wild that draft year. I, they they've got such a great prospect pool for being. I uh, seemed like every year they make the playoffs this year, kind of tenuous, but. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's impressive how much they've built a prospect pool being playoff. Like the Dallas stars, another one, they just keep gaining prospects, good prospects, even though they keep making the playoffs. So, um, it makes that's no a sense, testament. but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's a testament to the scouting staff for sure. <laughs> All right, Dayton, uh, who's your prospect of the week? Yeah. Uh, sorry. I did cut out there. I'm, I got a, uh, I'm a substitute teacher, so I had to take my sub call for, for later um uh, can't really let those uh just go to voicemail they don't know for sure really work for that. <laughs> so, apologies um i was afraid that was going to happen but i'm also happy i got work hey uh anyways <laughs> the guy i picked matthew savoy most will know him from uh his appearance on the world junior roster or his brief appearance with the buffalo sabers but did you know that he recently got traded to the moose jaw warriors um he was part of one of those big CHL trade line dead uh, trade deadline deals, um, and heading into that trade, he had a a multi game point streak, uh, nine games, um, without you know not scoring for Wenatchee. He has extended that to thirteen games, and in the last four games with Moose Jaw, he has ten points. Uh, he's he's on fire with the Warriors, and the Warriors are going to be a um a whl champion contender mm -hmm. uh they'll have to get by the blades first um who are also looking fantastic it's going to be a really tight race um i won't say who i'm cheering for but you can probably figure it out <laughs> just, you know just stretch my neck there a little bit <laughs> but I, it's really nice to see how well savoy is doing uh with his new team he just hasn't lost a step at all yeah, Savoy uh, could probably be playing in the NHL now if uh, he didn't get hurt there and 
they only played him like two minutes <laughs> and then they send him back. Um, he's got NHL experience. <laughs> Not very much. All right, uh, Peter, finishing off with you, uh, who's your prospect of the week? Yeah, someone I didn't really get a chance to talk about a whole lot when doing my rankings, but it's uh, this is the first time in quite a long time where I pick in at, uh, Ivan Demidov. Um, you know, obviously he's had some, you know, bad luck. He, ha- he dealt with an injury, call-ups going up and down uh, between the MHL and the KHL, not getting the ice time. But man, he's still being productive. 39 points in 22 games, but in his last five, 14 points in his last five games. That's close to three points per game. I mean, that's just absolutely insane what he can do with the puck, the creativity, the skill, the deceptiveness that he has in his game. It's a big reason why he's still in my top five and a big reason why he's going to be my prospect of the week because he he, he just keeps producing. That, that that's all that's his mo right now and that's uh again the reason why he's my prospect of the week yeah demidov we'll see where he falls uh he's he was in the top three right top three in the mid-season uh rankings for NHL central scouting so for the european side that is uh but yeah we'll we'll see where he ends up being uh when draft comes around because i mean keeps doing this i'm sure <laughs> he'll be up there all right, my prospect of the week was going to be TJ Ginla, but Dayton did a great job of uh, going through him. So uh, <laughs> he, he's he been impressive. Uh, like I said, the hat trick, he has like five goals in his last six or seven games, including that hat trick. So uh, definitely impressive. And uh, my weekly Hunter Burstovich, Burstovich update, <laughs> he had had two assists in the time before our last, between our last show and this one. And he's still tied for the, uh, OHL lead in points or not, not leading anymore. He's tied with Anthony Romani of the North Bay battalion with 69 points, but he's still on pace for that hundred points just needs 30 more in the next, <laughs> how many games are left quite a bit still. So um, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do an update. I'm, I'm not anyone. Weekly we'll see update. Canucks fans care. I don't know. who else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks uh, Tyson, Dayton and Peter for uh, joining the show again here. Uh, we're going to have next week. We're going to probably go through our, well, we'll do our CHL top prospects game recap and some, some takeaways from that. And then we'll do our, uh, we're going to go through our prospect rankings that were released. I think it's been a couple weeks now, but uh We'll look through that. There's a lot of great prospects on that top 100 list. So we'll take a look at that as well. But that does it for this week on the Prospect Corner. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the Aquarius YouTube channel and where you can get all of our updates uh, or all of our episodes. So you don't miss any of them. Uh, check out theaquarius.com. We got tons of articles, uh, prospect articles. We got just regular team coverage. And also check out the Substack. It's run by Dayton. Uh, lots of great stuff there. We got the free version. You also got the premium tier with uh, premium articles, uh, interviews, bunch of uh, different features throughout our draft season here as it gets ramped up. Our draft profiles and all that will be uh, it's still a couple weeks, months away, but uh, look out for that. We always uh, do great, some great stuff over the Hockey Raiders with our draft coverage. So lots of fun stuff coming up. We're going to do more mock drafts, lots of fun stuff. But uh, until next time, we'll see you on another episode of Prospects Corner.